When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up today, further reaction to the big news coming out of Seattle today. The shocking move by Seahawks ownership to remove Pete Carroll, fire him essentially as head coach. After 14 seasons leading the Seahawks, the legendary coach is out. What is next? Where do they turn next for a head coach? What might it mean for the quarterback situation, for the rest of the roster? Lots to talk about, and who better to do that with than Corbin Smith? He covers the Seahawks for all Seahawks and locked on Seahawks. He is at the games. He is in those press conferences, and he has a lot of insight. I will talk with Corbin Smith and get his thoughts on the coaching change in Seattle coming up next on this episode of Seahawks Forever. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast. In-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now, here's your host, Dan Viennes. Hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. If you listen on audio, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And if you want to listen to ad-free episodes, you can subscribe on Spotify. All those links will be in the description. If you want to support the show, you can buy me a coffee or a beer at the link in the description as well. So I had said, I had already told you that Corbin Smith was uh, scheduled to join me on the show today. (laughs) However, about a half an hour before we were supposed to record, the news came down that Pete Carroll was out, first reported by Adam Schefter. Uh, If you watch Dana and I on the PSF app, we had just done our uh, season wrap-up live stream, and literally, as I ended the stream, And of course, we talked about uh, Pete Carroll's situation, ended the stream, went on to Twitter, the news was breaking. And if you watched the show yesterday with Chris Clough, former beat beat writer for the Seattle Times, covering the Seahawks for 10 years, he's written books about the Seahawks. Um, I asked him about that as well. We talked about it, and he still thought it was a possibility uh, based on the history and uh, Burt Cold's influence. Um, I asked Corbin about that as well today. So I reached out to Corbin right away. He was able to fit me into his schedule still, albeit a little bit later than normal. Uh, Pete Carroll wrapping up his press conference now, and he acknowledged a bunch of this stuff. I'll talk about that at the end, Uh, but let's get into this. Let's get Corbin Smith's insight. Here's the interview I did with him just moments ago after the news broke of Pete Carroll being fired as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Corbin Smith taking time out of what is now a very, very busy day for him. Corbin, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to hop on. For the first time since you and I have known each other, uh, we're talking about a head coach change. Um, When did you first hear about this? And um, before we hit record here, you were saying that maybe this has been in the works for a while. Talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, this is just based on some discussions that I've had the last couple of weeks with some people around the team Nobody was telling me explicitly that Pete Carroll is going to be out, but it seemed to me, my understanding was that the brass up top, the ownership group, the front office, that there was going to be some difficult discussions about the coaching staff underneath Pete Carroll. And I don't know if that ended up being ultimately what led to this move to decide to move him to the front office in an advisory role and hire a new coach, but 
you have to believe that that was part of the equation because the defense has struggled now for seven years. They haven't been better than 11th. They've had three different coordinators that were all internal hires and none of them ended up working out. And so I think it had reached a point and you can see it with the players too. I don't want to say they weren't buying anymore because I think that's kind of harsh language, but there was a disconnect. It just didn't seem like whatever was being coached in practice, whether it was from Carroll or Clint Hurt, whoever on the staff, it just didn't seem like it was translating on game day. And that's why you're seeing all these explosives, the issues defending the run just more mistakes than you expect to see from a team that quite frankly had a lot more talent than what their numbers illustrate. So I think it just had reached a point where they were at a fork in the road where we just don't know if we can get to that next level now with where the defense has been at. And I think mutually they agreed that it was time. Do you think there was a a certain turning point along the way? Because just not too long ago, at one point they're six and three, they're in first place, and then they're heading into that four-game stretch against the elite teams in the NFC. Was it during that time that the the wheels started to turn, you think? I think once you started to see the run defense fall apart again, and that really started the first game against Arizona, which was back in week seven, but then you had that massacre in Baltimore. That certainly was not a good look. And then the 49ers being able to chew them up in the ground both times they played, giving up 30, uh, 41 points to the Cowboys in the game where the offense was lights out and you still lost. I think that all of those things compounded. And then that effort against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that was probably the nail in the coffin, so to speak, because you give up over 200 yards rushing and over 450 yards to that offense that had struggled all season. That really was that final alarm, that final sound that indicated hey, this is not going where it needs to go for this team to really be a contender again. So many questions. Uh, First one that pops into my mind next, is John Schneider safe? I I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, I think the drafts the last two years have been fantastic. I liked a lot of the offseason additions. There were a few misses, but I think John Schneider's situation is different. He's obviously a younger guy, too. I expect that he's going to be involved heavily in this search to really hire his first coach. Remember, he came with Pete Carroll in tandem. This will be his first opportunity to hire his own coach to see the vision he has as a personnel director. Yeah, and I always thought this day would come. I mean, when he signed his extension, it it went beyond Pete's extension. They signed him uh, pretty close together there, and you know, Pete essentially hired John. Um, and, and Pete had a lot of say in personnel. So does John get total control now of football ops? I think that that's where they'll be leaning. And, you know, role is going to have much involvement in the team building aspect. Now we don't know any of the details on that. What is this advisory role entail? Is it more of that celebratory advisory role that we see sometimes where, well, he's still with the organization, but not doing much, or is this, Hey, Pete is still going to be heavily involved and getting this roster together, that's something we don't know at this point. So that makes it a little trickier, but I definitely think John Schneider now, he is going to be decision maker number one, number two, number three. He's going to be the one making all these moves. So with that, there's more pressure on him now. Certainly. And 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 Jody said in that official statement, it's an advisory role. He, he She didn't indicate he's keeping his VP title in any way, shape, or form. So it it would seem to be a, a clear shift uh, in leadership. Who do you think, from from what you know about how things operate there at VMAC, was, uh, was driving this decision? Was it Jody or was it Bert Cold? I had Chris Clough on with me yesterday, and he reminded me that it was Bert who was heavily involved in moving on from Mike Holmgren and making that decision back then. Who do you think was driving the boat on this? 
I think it was leaning more heavily towards Bird, and it goes back to the case that he's already been through this before. He yeah. had to move on from a celebrated longtime coach that had won a Super Bowl, had led the Seahawks to a second Super Bowl. This was not his first rodeo, so I think that Burt was heavily involved. And I know a lot of fans think that Jody Allen is not involved more than as a figurehead, but I definitely think that there was some involvement there. I mean, she allowed the Russell Wilson trade to happen. Mm -hmm. She was allowing those mechanisms to happen. So she's at least signing off on this. Hey, we think it is time to bring in new leadership in the coaching position. So I think Burt was probably the driver of this, but don't discount Jody's involvement here too. She wants to win as well and get to that next level. So now what's next? You immediately um, raise speculation that Dan Quinn would be tied to this job, which which makes all the sense in the world. There are people who actually speculated that he decided to, to forego head coaching opportunities last offseason and, and for a number of reasons, one of which might be he had his eye on this job. Um, they could go that route. We know that Paul Allen, when he was alive, favored the big fish, the big names. There was speculation the year that Jay Glazer reported Pete Carroll was thinking about retirement where it was reported that Paul Allen had a short list and it had guys like Saban and, and, uh, and Bill Cower on it and Jim Harbaugh. He's in this coaching cycle. We can all assume he hired an NFL based agent a couple weeks ago. He may be looking at a team that's more in, of in a total rebuild. He may be looking at uh, a situation like with the chargers where he gets to inherit an elite quarterback, but might the appeal of coming back to coach in the NFC West and facing his old employer in the 49ers have some appeal to him. Do you think he might be involved in this search? Will they reach out to him? I'm going to be honest with you, Dan, I'd be surprised if he is not a candidate that they are looking at closely because I don't think that the apple falls too far from the tree with Jody in regard to Paul Allen. I expect she's going to be looking at some of those bigger fish too to bring in and you mentioned that 49ers dynamic. I mean, you can't tell me. We know how Jim Harbaugh functions yeah. and how he holds grudges. We know that from his time in San Francisco. He would love nothing more than to come to Seattle and beat the 49ers regularly. I think he would love that. Now, there's obviously some complications there. I think he would want total control yeah. in a head coaching position. John Schneider is not going to be seeding that. So right. I don't know if the fit is necessarily there. But I'll give you another reason it would make sense. Remember what he did with Alex Smith? Alex Smith took them to an NFC championship mm. game. He would like Geno Smith a lot because you're talking about a quarterback that can move the ball downfield as a pocket passer, an intelligent player that can move the pocket. He would be totally fine with that quarterback situation. So I, I definitely think that that is a possibility, though. I would say that's more on the peripheral than being a mm. front runner for this job at this point. Do you happen to know if John was at the national championship game on Monday night? That I cannot answer for you. I don't know if he was there or not, but I know that there's been some fans uh, floating around the idea that DeBoer could be a candidate for this position <laughs> from Washington, but that one would actually really surprise me if that's what they ended up doing, staying in the house from the perspective of bringing somebody from UW. But um, uh, Harbaugh, I could certainly see him being a name that gets thrown around because of that big name recognition. And if it were to be somebody like Dan Quinn or specifically Dan Quinn, then the focus would be on uh, certainly who he would bring back as his offensive coordinator. Usually when coaching changes are made, the entire staff moves on. Do you see anyone on this staff who might have an opportunity to to be retained, could someone like Dan Quinn with a defensive background keep Shane Waldron? If, 
If Dan Quinn becomes the coach, I could see somebody like a Deshaun Shedd still being on his staff because Shedd played for him. I could see some of the defensive coaches being maintained, but I think most of the guys would be gone. And I'm going to throw this out there. This is this is not something I'm reporting, but how interesting would it be if Dan Quinn brought Brian Schottenheimer back with him? <laughs> because Schottenheimer has just – he has not been the play caller in Dallas. He's got the OC yeah. title, but he hasn't been the play caller. Mike McCarthy's taking that. Right. But could you imagine Brian Schottenheimer with the success that he had his three years here? He comes back, and he's not on Carroll's staff. He's with Dan Quinn. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would be in full favor of that, to be honest with you. I would be really excited to see Geno Smith with an offensive coordinator that I think is very underrated in Brian Schottenheimer. And Dan Quinn then could focus on the defense bring in some guys from his Cowboys staff that he's worked with or outside of the league. He had some good coaches on his staff in Atlanta. So I right now would think that that he's got to be the front runner here. And I know there's some people that think it's status quo, but he's been with two other organizations since Seattle. I do not think he is the coach that he was when he was underneath Pete Carroll. I think he's evolved. And so I think he would be a fascinating hire. Interesting with the OC, but my first thought went to Kellen Moore, who we worked with in Dallas, and then he went and on to the Chargers. That's another name that I think, and he's and a free I agent. Love that being a Boise yeah. State guy, it'd be sure. awesome. But, yeah, um, that that'd be a name to consider too, with the connection there. Guy that grew up, I watched him when his dad was coaching at Prosser High School, toss balls around as a seven-year-old ball boy. Certainly has ties to the state of Washington, that's for sure. Uh, just quickly, your thoughts because if if Quinn were to be the hire, he'd be a polarizing guy. There are people here who don't want any part of him because they see him as a failed former head coach. Well, the list of failed former head coaches who have gone on to success in this league is a very long and storied one. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on, on the job he did do in Atlanta and maybe kind of the, how that, I, I don't feel like he ever got the pieces in place on defense to, to do what he wanted to do there. Yeah. I've always felt like that was more of a general manager issue than a coaching issue. I think that you were looking at a roster that started to get old. They started to have some age issues on offense, the defense, they had some injuries. It didn't feel like they drafted well. And I'm not going to completely say that Quinn had no involvement with that, but I think that you certainly had a front office that those guys were jettisoned too when Dan Quinn was let go after five seasons and, he inherited a really talented roster that was able to get him to a Super Bowl, but it felt like they weren't able to get those pieces in. So putting him with John Schneider, I'd be really curious to see how that plays out because obviously there's already a building connection there, but Schneider would have more keys to the city, so to speak, without Pete Carroll being involved in that decision-making process. So many, so many things to talk about. And, uh, you know, we could spend hours doing this today, but we don't have hours to talk about this. It'll be fascinating to see what, if any differences we notice this year in the draft, as far as personnel, the Seahawks go after, and, and, and we'll start to find out maybe how much influence Pete had on some of those decisions over the years. Uh, here's my next question. And maybe my last one, because again, I know you got to go and we talk about Dan Quinn. We talk about established guys. But the, the, the movement in the league right now is young offensive minds. That's the evolution of the league. And it may have led to Pete's demise that his defensive philosophies just haven't matched up with the advancements made on offense. And we've seen it all around the league. There are a number of guys in this coaching cycle who are hot young names. Could they explore that avenue? 
I think that's going to be something they delve into too. I don't anticipate that this is going to be a Dan Quinn or bus type situation. I think that they're going to be keeping an open mind. And there's two names in particular that I think would make a lot of sense with that younger coach. Now, Eric Bieniemy is not the youngest coach out there. He's in his yeah. mid fifties, but he hasn't had a chance to be a head coach yet. And I still think, I know Washington had struggled wins losses, but he made Sam Howell look really good for a large chunk of this season. Seahawks fans got to see it in Seattle. So yeah. I would be curious to see him as an option there, but my front runner on that youth movement, he's in Detroit, Ben mm-hmm. Johnson. Uh, that would be the one that I would, you've seen what he's done with Jared Goff, who I think is a good, not elite quarterback, but that offense with Geno Smith in that structure, I think his skill set fits perfectly. He has a lot of similarities to Jared Goff, in my opinion. So I would be really fascinated to see what a Ben Johnson offense, especially with the way they've ran the football in Detroit. Yeah. That has been an Achilles heel for the Seahawks for most of the last five years. The run game just hasn't been what Pete Carroll wanted it to be. You get a coach that has a history of developing good run games and play action off of it. I think that could be a really fun fit. Of course, he's never been a head coach, so that's the risk that you weigh with that, bringing a guy like that in as your new coach. And incidentally, Ben Johnson has proven that he knows how to use two running backs effectively. (laughs) All right. uh, We could get into all sorts of salary cap ramifications. We'll have time to do that uh, as we go into this offseason. Certainly the the scope of this offseason has changed. Corbin Smith, uh, all Seahawks, locked on Seahawks. I'm sure you're going to be all over this in the coming weeks. Thanks for taking some time today to talk about this with us. Absolutely. No problem, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Corbin. Thanks. So, This offseason has certainly taken on a new look and feel, hasn't it? We get to do things that we haven't done in 14 years. We get to be in on this coaching cycle. We get to see how this new ownership group and leadership group thinks. We get to see how John Schneider operates with total control of football operations. Will the draft look different? Are some of those Seahawks parameters going to change based on who the new coach is? And some of John's own ideas. Pete was VP of football operations. He had a heavy hand in determining personnel. How much of that was driven by him? We'll see. Um, Lots to talk about in the coming weeks. Join me tomorrow when we're going to dive into some of the technical aspects of this roster construction as it pertains to payroll. John Gilbert of Field Goals was scheduled to join me tomorrow anyway. and We were going to talk more specifically about freeing up enough cap space to keep Leonard Williams and maybe tweak the roster, how they could do that. Uh, Now all options are on the table and a new coach may want to make sweeping changes. We may be looking at um, a lot more cost cutting on this roster than we were before. So John Gilbert will be joining me tomorrow. And of course, as things evolve, um, tune in right here, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to me on audio podcasts, Follow me on Twitter at Seahawks forever. I will do um, probably over the next month or so as things evolve, do more frequent, shorter shows, reacting to news, reacting to rumors, both audio and video. We'll do some audio only episodes as well. So stick around for that. Let me know. Hop into the comments. You know, I was on record at, um, Corbin and I talked a little bit after we were done recording and he and I have been on the same page for a couple of months that, that there was a point in the season where I said it on this show. I thought it was time for change and that Pete needed to go and that broke my heart. And if you watched the press conference today and you didn't tear up, 
then, uh, you know, we all react emotionally to things differently. Right. But I would question, uh, your passion as a Seahawk fan. It was hard not to cry. He got emotional as I knew he would. Um, going to miss the guy, but it was time for change. And I am excited to see what is next because for all the frustrations we've had about this roster, not fulfilling their potential, it's a risk. You might get this higher wrong. It might not work, but it might also unlock some things and put us back in the championship uh, conversation over the next couple of years. Certainly a different viewpoint now as we look at these Seattle Seahawks. So uh, I'm happy to have you along for the ride with me. Let me know in the comments how you think, what your ideas are, who you like best in this coaching cycle, what you would do, and uh, and maybe some reflect wistfully over your time over the last 14 years following the Seahawks being a fan of Pete Carroll. That's going to do it for now. Um, if you're watching this and it is Wednesday, uh, we'll do a live uh, show later tonight as well so we can have a Q&A and some back and forth, so tune in for that. All right, I got to go. I just want to keep talking. There's so much to talk about now. We'll get to that in due time. Thanks again for watching and listening. Forever and always, go Hawks.